0: How many monks does it take to commit insurance fraud or COVID fraud? One of the two. The
1: beer commercial that will save us all. And we're taking a look at the Beer Mile World Championship. This is It's All Beer. Oh, that just sounded cool on the audio. That did sound pretty good. What did you open? Welcome to It's All Beer, episode uh, 111, which, besides being the three of the same number, was also the Queen's last words. Yes, in the last hour, surrounded by friends and family, a member of her staff asked if there was anything she regretted. And uh, being a huge sports fan, she asked if the Queen regretted never winning an Olympic medal. And, of course, she forgot that the monarch, when she was younger, actually placed in the Solemn in the Munich Olympics in 1974. And so she said, no, one, one, I'm Jeremy Jones that was the worst one you've had yes i was going for worst like i'm not even mad i'm just disappointed (laughs) yes i was going for worst (laughs) i thought of that on uh, my ride to work today i'm like oh tyler's gonna hate that (laughs) yeah (laughs) how are you today
0: Probably... I was doing good until you—you you really just like deflated the sails on me with that one.
1: I—I—I <laughs> I, I, I am the the uh, opposite of a magnetic uh, personality, <laughs> or I guess uh, um, you know I'm the the same polar as most of the people.
0: What are you drinking today? I am drinking from Distill Brewing, the Haze Between. Uh, double dry hopped hazy IPA with Citra
1: Simcoe, Eldorado and Idaho 7. And the way you're holding that can on the camera I can damn near see the uh, damn near see the uh, uh, the date and it's old, sir. No, I'm kidding but I, I, like, uh, the fact, I like the fact that you looked. I mean August 18th <laughs> It's not that old No, it's not but I like the fact that you looked uh, well I'm like it's coming from Illinois. So normal Illinois. As opposed yeah. to uh uh, uh to, Abnormal? I was gonna say Efferton. No. How is it? out uh, it is pretty good. Um, you know, you get a
0: ton of that kind of bright tropical fruit flavor coming off those hops. Um not overly thick or hoppy, but good haze to it. And I mean it's not a life-changing hazy ipa but which
1: ones are say do they um, exist anymore i don't think so i don't know what what was the last hazy ipa that you were like holy shit that was that one stood out that one was that that one was uh exceptional you, can you think uh, of one?
0: probably the first time i had a revision beer and then that immediately went away on the second time
1: <laughs> and then after like yes this is what a hazy should be and they've all been that way afterwards and you're like i'm i'm kind of over them i'm like oh this tastes exactly like the last one i just had um there are some new ones from anchorage the uh um uh the be not afraid uh that one was had a little bit of extra fruity herbal dankness you know this a little more of the hazy dank than even your average hazy that's the one that's the one i can't remember um, and since it being, uh, since it's the end of October, I thought, uh, especially since you're not here to gripe about it, I'm rolling out the pumpkin beers, me um, <laughs> and, it, and, and the, the sound that, 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 op- that open can that made a spectacular sound when I started this podcast was actually a left hand's, uh, nitro pumpkin spiced latte. Um, and I got to say so far the, uh, sound when you open the can, is was the best thing about it, uh. It's, Uh, it's not bad. It's uh, like, it's got a, it's got a kind of an, uh, an odd fruitiness. Yeah. um, I mean, the pumpkin spice is there. Some like, yeah, it's it's just kind of like, yeah, pumpkin and like nitro caramel, but not picking up a lot of coffee. There's not a lot to it. Uh, It's, it's not my favorite. I gotta say it's, it's it's good it's it's got that nitro full mouthfeel pumpkin spice a touch of like bready sweetness and uh yeah i guess what else do you really need i mean remove the pumpkin and it might be a solid beer see you say that every time you every time you you hate on pumpkin spice it just makes me love it more you know that the more is, you try so- to drive us the part the more i i i run to her Putting, like, pumpkin flavors in a coffee beer, I, for some reason, hate less than just a normal pumpkin beer. Because it's a salute to uh, the Starbucks uh, PLC or whatever? Yeah. Uh, PSL or P. Fuck You or something? Yeah. uh, The
0: one, oddly enough, uh, me and a couple coworkers were talking about pumpkin beers today. Uh, And the one pumpkin beer that I truly liked and uh really enjoyed was it was a couple years ago i don't know if they've done it since the anderson valley bourbon barrel age pumpkin beer
1: i haven't seen that recently i mean uh although i the fall Hornin didn't come out this year i i did notice that which made me a little bit sad come to think of it because that one is a solid that one's a solid pumpkin spice beer um yeah the- Barrel H1 was delicious, and I was
0: like, I could drink this if this is what pumpkin beers are.
1: Um, over at our shop, we've got the uh, um, the Prairie um, uh, Basic Betty. Uh, it's their uh, Pumpkin Spice Imperial Stout. That one is phenomenal. That one. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so uh, you hate them, but you just spent the better part of, like, five minutes uh, talking about them, so. You know, we did, so that... We've talked a good amount about Stone on this podcast, too, and I'm not a big fan <laughs> of them. So, um, Brewing Monk convinced COVID fraud news now. Uh, this comes from AmericanCraftBeer.com as well as the, as well as the Salem News uh, A story there by uh, Julie Manigas. Um, the owner of Marblehead Brewing in Massachusetts has been charged by federal prosecutors this week with scamming $3.6 million from the COVID relief fund. Which is respectable, um, and then it gets. Weird. I mean, a lot of politicians did it, and they just got reelected. Yeah, but this guy, it, it, there's there's a little extra spin on this. Um, uh, Brian, so, is he actually a monk? Well, there seems to be some. Uh, there seems to be some question about that. Brian Burchell, um, an Orthodox Christian monk, although it is unclear whether or not that title was bestowed by anyone other than himself. Uh, the Salem News article pointed out that he claimed to have no affiliation with the Boston Orthodox Church in a 2019 deposition. And the language in the press release from the uh, United States Attorney's Office contains also some skepticism as it repeatedly calls him, quote, a purported Orthodox Christian monk, suggesting that his monkishness is a little in question. But you know what? Nevertheless, he thinks he's a monk. I'm going to go ahead and go with it. Um <laughs> The reverend, uh, reverend Father Burchell, as he likes to be called, uh, ran several religious organizations. Wait, wait, hold on. What? Reverend. Reverend Father Burchell. Okay. It... Do monks even refer to, like, someone as a reverend? <laughs> that
0: is Or a father? <laughs> or, like, d- uh, d- is there any religion that actually uses reverend and father? Because I feel like you're going, like, Baptist Catholic right
1: there. <laughs> I am, I am simply, re- so that is actually in the, uh, tur- uh the, uh, 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 United States Attorney's Office, uh, press release that, uh, that's one of the titles he goes by is Reverend Father. I don't know enough about, so I don't know enough about the Orthodox Church to say one way or the other. Remember, this isn't Catholic. This is like the, this is on the, uh, uh other side of that divide pre-Protestant. So, um, I'm Googling this right now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the Reverend Father ran several religious organizations beside marble besides Marblehead Brewing. These include a charity called the Saint Paul's Foundation, a monastic house called the Shrine of Saint Nicholas. The Wonder Worker, patron of sailors, brewers, and repentant thieves. On a quick side note, uh, my knowledge of saints is a little sketchy to be sure, but uh, yeah, that is the Saint Nicholas you're thinking of. Santa Claus is also the patron saint of brewing. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Also Ho, 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 motherfucker. And also thieves, it turns out. So those cookies are less of a gift, more of an acceptable loss. But I digress. Um, <laughs> he also run the Annunciation House, which is where Burchell and his lawyer Tracy Stockton live together. Um, he also owned Marblehead Salt Company, which was a craft salt producer, and of course, Marblehead Brewing. Uh, the federal government is alleging that Burchell and Stockton vastly overestimated the operating costs of their businesses. In addition, they spent over $1 million on renovating the monastic house that the two were living, living in and planned to develop, in, develop it into a, a monastic complex featuring a chapel, a brewery, and a beer garden. They purchased, all right. they purchased furniture and fixtures, close, uh, totally close to a million, all of which was listed as operational costs. They also used the money for, among other things, a $40,000 watch, a nearly $7,000 handbag. Money was also filtered to a property that was supposedly in development to house Ukrainian refugees. Um, there's also something called the Holy Metropolis of rhodopolis. Uh, Rodopolis. Uh, the excruciate of Lazica. I'm pretty sure at least two of those words were made up. Yeah, 100%. Both both of which were alleged to have funded by uh, the CARES COVID money, but it turns out none of those organizations actually received said money. So all that money that supposedly went went there just disappeared. Uh, Um, Yeah, go ahead. Quick update. According
0: to the Wikipedia, the most trustworthy source on the... Internet, way yeah. more trustworthy than
1: CNN and Fox News. Absolutely. Um, uh, that, that that information is solid. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's verified. Uh,
0: there is... Fuck, where was it? Uh, <laughs> there was a Reverend Bishop, but no Reverend... Uh... Fuck. Reverend what Father? was
1: that? Reverend
0: yeah. Father? Reverend Father, no Reverend Father. All I could find was really for the Eastern Orthodox. Don't know if that's much different. Yeah, it is what we are talking uh, about. Eastern Orthodox. Okay. There is a Reverend
1: Hero Monk or Father. Uh I think that's what you think. Okay, so there is a Reverend Father. Although why wouldn't you say Reverend Hero Monk? Yeah. Or a priest monk? Because um, that sounded too <laughs> Priest Monk, I knew that was one of the titles. That was actually one of the titles that uh, that that they listed. But Hero Monk, why would you not pick that one?
0: Yeah, way cooler. Uh, also, did you know, off in the weeds here, but in Catholicism, uh, there is a primate. A primate is a bishop who the title has been officially granted, usually the bishop of the oldest church of a nation.
1: I did not know that. So there's primates in church. I mean, I I already knew that, but I but I but every time I uh, participated in that, it was a felony. <laughs> um, and that's your been religious or the religious uh, uh, education for the day. So. Um, now you can now you can honestly say that you know if if you're driving down the road and you've got a, a, a rep from a Budweiser uh, uh, in your passenger side and he goes what the fuck are you listening to he goes religious programming and you can say that <laughs> uh, PPE payments uh, went to people who were PPP
0: uh, P-P- PPE
1: is Sorry. Personal protective equipment. <laughs> That's a typo. <laughs> um, those payments went to people who were never on any of the payroll, of, never on the payroll of any company run by either Brichel or Stockton. Um, and so what essentially you've got is millions that were fitted away on items that re- weren't really necessary for essential running of a business or just disappeared. Um, the federal press release also points out that Brichel apparently claimed to take a vow of poverty, which... Listen, I don't think it's within the federal jurisdiction to enforce monastic vows, but it does lend some more credence to skepticism around his alleged monking activities, especially since uh, Burchell and Stockton allegedly pay themselves $100,000 a year or more. Bro, you work in craft beer, everyone takes a vow of poverty. <laughs> and we're at least holding our, our end up to it, you, you son of a bitch. Um,
0: Joseph- you lying
1: cunt. <laughs> uh, Joseph R. Bonavolata, I guess that's how you pronounce that, he's a special agent in charge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Boston Division, uh, was quoted in the article saying... Today, we arrested a purported Orthodox Christian monk, there's purported again, and his attorney for misdirecting millions of dollars of federal emergency assistance from businesses struggling to survive, to line their own pockets for their personal enrichment. We believe that they clearly knew what they were doing wrong, but they did it anyway, spending tens of thousands of dollars on exclusive memberships, expensive wine, property, renovations, and even a a a $40,000 rich watch, which we talked about earlier. Damn. And one more weird tidbit from this thing that did came up uh, uh, that in, a, in a story that's full of weird little tidbits. Although the Annunciation House is repeatedly described as a monastery on the forms, it should be noted that nobody lived there besides Bershell, who is 41, and Stockton, a 64-year-old woman, and for a time, Stockton's mother. And I don't want to judge, and I'm certainly no expert on monastic life, but I feel it's weird to call a place a monastery when the only people living there is a guy who is my way my age, a woman old enough to be his mother, and her mother. I, yeah. have, some, I have questions. I'm not judging. I have questions. Also, can it be a monastery if there is only one monk? And if it does... Does the residence have to be set up as a monastery beforehand, or is the building, by definition, a monastery during the period that said monk is crashing there? And on a related note... Also,
0: is every monk's house, if they don't live in a monastery, now considered a monastery?
1: I mean, that's my question. On a related note, I'd like to start a B- I'd like to start a B&B or an Airbnb here, but only for Trappist monks. And simply so that the beer I brew while they're staying here can be labeled as Trappist. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so, Tyler, what do you got they'd next? Look
0: at, they'd look at your homebrew system, Jeremy, and just be like, what the fuck? Like, um, they probably showed me I, how to d- use it better.
1: They'd be like, "Get the, f- get, we're taking this with us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no! No igloo cooler deserves this. <laughs> well, we got the final numbers for this year's
0: Oktoberfest since it took a two-year hiatus. Oh, um, that's
1: right. I, one one it's it's easy to forget that uh, this is the first Oktoberfest uh, this decade. Yeah. Same with a uh, Great American Beer Festival. But did they not run it for 2 years? I thought they ran it last year. They did awards but no in person. Ah, I feel even I even feel even sadder that I, I I I could not go. Um so, let's go over some of
0: the numbers here. So this year, drum roll please. People drank a whopping 5.6 million liters of beer and you're going i know you guys are all going tyler 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 Tyler, we live in america what are the freedom units don't worry i got you (laughs) that is one million four hundred seventy nine hundred three hundred sixty three thousand point four nine three gallons of
1: beer i appreciate you doing the math on the fly just now doesn't really work for uh, a podcast, but I but I appreciate you doing the calculation. Like, oh, wait, hold on, Gary, the five.
0: <laughs> no, I had it uh, pulled up, but <laughs> I when had... I was talking with my hand, uh, I scrolled up on the page, and that's why I had to pause at One million four hundred seventy nine, and I was like, shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh. Compared to last year, they ran 7.3 million liters. So,
1: wait, it didn't happen last year. Or, or like in 2019. Okay, there we go. The last one.
0: Yes. Uh, so almost two million liters less. Um, which you guys can go to Google and convert the rest of it.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen. Uh, just a, a liter is half a gallon. That's not. A, it's not a. It's not a good. Uh, that's not good. But it's near enough. Just say a liter <laughs> is half a gallon. Perfect. So about a million gallons or er, two million. About a half gallon. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> how many? How many is that in hogshead uh, uh, measurements? There, Tyler. <laughs> Fuck you.
0: <laughs> but. Uh, They also noticed a substantial drop in guests frequenting uh, the city of Munich. Uh, In 2019, they had 6.3 million people uh, for the 17 days of festivities. Uh, This year, only rang
1: in at 5.7 million guests. Fucking ghost town, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What the fuck does that look like? 5 million people descending on a city. I mean, I understand Munich is a big city um but that's <laughs> that is a lot of drunks to be corralling.
0: yep um so here's a few more oktoberfest statistics uh the crime level was low uh with 967 offenses reported the police temporarily detaining 266 people and arresting uh a further 376 people you do not fuck around with the germans Uh, so I'm like 266 people got drunk tanked. That is what I got out
1: of 5 million, (laughs) 5.7 million. (laughs) Uh, that's a fucking hell. We don't, we don't have that. We don't have those percentage numbers on a normal downtown. Yeah. Like fuck Cinco de Mayo
0: downtown Boise produces better numbers. Uh, Security personnel prevented... This is my favorite statistic of the whole article. Prevented 112,551 beer mugs from being stolen from the beer tents and festival grounds. <laughs> I like
1: that. I, I like that the Germans felt the need to quantify that. Like, yes, we protected... Uh, we, I forget the word, uh, we protected this many beer mugs... I want to know how many actually got boosted or broken. I mean, that's I – mean, I, I, I kind of want, do want to know the success rate, yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: the lost and found found approximately 3,500 items. Would you like to guess how many IDs got lost?
1: Uh, okay. 3,500 uh, – well, I mean, I guess let's, – let's assume that some of those are wallets. Let's say – I'm going to guess uh, uh, 2,100.
0: 930
1: IDs. Okay.
0: 380 items of clothing.
1: Okay. Lots of coats. 570 wallets. Without ID? Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, some people are just carrying their ID just loose. What is wrong with you people? You're not... You're savages. You're savages, a lot of you.
0: 630 bank cards. Handy. 420 cell phones. Excellent. Excellent.
1: 180 keys and 150 pairs of glasses. 180 people having a hard time uh, leaving Munich that day. Yeah.
0: uh, 70 bags and backpacks, 80 umbrellas, and 70 pieces of jewelry.
1: I'm surprised umbrellas are that low because uh, having worked uh, at a a, uh, help desk in college that had a lost and found... This is in Eugene, Oregon, too, keep in mind, but um umbrellas there were uh, we had stacks of the shit because people just people just left umbrellas just around well the one
0: thing that might have helped keep umbrellas low was it was raining almost every day
1: okay so, so you quickly figure out you're losing your umbrella you, you you left your umbrella.
0: Yeah. uh some of the most unusual items found uh were a crime novel a set of bathing slippers
1: why is a crime novelist a strange thing? I carry a book everywhere I go. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and a set of dentures. That's a little strange, yes.
0: Please tell me someone popped their thing out and like threw it in a buddy's beer and was like, ha oh, ha, oh, got you, and then kept drinking and was like, let's go to the next place, and then forgot their dentures. in <laughs> A fucking glass of beer.
1: <laughs> I Beer tastes better without teeth. <laughs> apparently ask, ask, ask anybody who lives in like northern idaho fuck you <laughs> well jeremy you got a cool commercial for us <laughs> uh th- <laughs> beer can save the world news now uh you'll have to listen to the easter eggs in the back to figure out what we're laughing about uh you've just <laughs> tyler Tyler, you've spent some time at bars. I'm sure you've noticed people are, how to put this mildly, uh, highly opinionated politically right now. Oh,
0: dude. So I was in this bar the other day. I'm sitting there talking to the buyer, talking to another rep. This drunk guy comes up, and he starts going off about student loan debt forgiveness. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not going to engage in a politics conversation while I'm at work.
1: Right. That's- Just a... That's just, good, that's just good behavior.
0: Yeah. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I hate when they all talk about how, you know, we need to stop using fossil fuels and go to battery-operated this. and But what they don't talk about is the little darkies that have to mine the lithium for that. And I was like, did he
1: literally just say what I fucking think he said? And he's concerned like, about the... <laughs> darkies that are mining first of all first of all the a lot of the lithium is mined in nevada so uh who exactly you think is doing the mining here dude i was like i i don't even know like how to respond to this
0: and so like i just i I looked at another person at the bar and i was like so
1: how about those Mariners, right? Like... <laughs> Just like, how about literally anything right now? But that's, that's and then minute. I was like, I will close out my tab, please. Uh... <laughs> oh, yes. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Um, uh, well, a team from Stanford has locked onto something that can help heal. It probably won't do anything for that gentleman. That gentleman is probably too far gone. But, for, for, for the few people left with some semblance of a rational mind, um, Stanford is locked on to uh, something that can help heal that divide. And strangely enough, it's a beer commercial from 2017. This comes from Fast Company. It's by Rob Walker. Uh, this discovery was par- was part of what was termed a mega study designed to, quote, identify successful interventions to thre- strengthen America's democratic attitudes. Translation, ways to get Americans to stop being such assholes towards one another. The final report is over 200 pages long. It's exhaustively researched and talks about many different strategies that th- it help in certain situations, some that actually makes sense Some things in those same situations worse, but help in others. But the top-scoring strategy across the board involved watching a Heineken ad from 2017 called Worlds Apart. And now, I usually play a commercial like this on the podcast, but I'm not going to this time, as this commercial clocks in at four and a half minutes. It's less, a, it's less a commercial, more than a mini-movie. I have no... I never saw this commercial. I don't see any commercials because, like a normal person, I stream my shit. I
0: feel like I remember reading about this commercial when it first came out.
1: Um, but I have no idea why this commercial was produced or where it was shown. But here's the rundown. It pairs up ideological opposites. A right-wing white guy who rails against feminism and a black feminist woman, a climate change denier, an environmental activist, and a man who firmly states that, he's, that being trans is in no way correct with a trans woman. Uh, they are interviewed separately about their subject of choice. Uh, and then they are basically led into a room with the other person. There's no real introduction or anything. They are just there. Uh, and they get an Ikea-esque building project, with no instructions, by the way. And the pair, oh. kinda, the pair just have to work out how to build whatever the fuck this thing is. Um, it's really worth seeing. Go to YouTube, uh, uh, look up Worlds Apart Heineken, you'll find it. Um, and spoiler alert, what they're building turns out to be a bar. And after they work together to build this bar, they sit down... And then, like this weird, like otherworldly voice, like uh, shows them the interviews that from before, where they talk about those subjects that they are passionate and are in diametric opposites about. And after they both see who, who is sitting right next to them, at the end of that, a voice then says they can both leave, or they can stay and have a beer and talk it out. And because this is a beer commercial. Um, all three couples stay to talk over their differences over a Heineken. The Heineken logo appears. All is right with the world. And we, I want to know how many fistfights ensued
0: in the making of that commercial.
1: Well, I mean, and, and the and the and the article kind of talks about you know, about this uh, about that kind of thing anyway. But um, but where this ad comes into play. Is kind of a primer to illustrate open-minded behavior, is what they describe, um, and then it puts people in the right mindset to engage in whatever program they are testing. Um, the the what they what they kind of talk about is that this is a useful thing to show to people before moving on to another project. Like for example, in one instance, they had people identify as either a Republican or Democrat, showed a screen about ec- the. Quote echo chamber problem, which, you know, basically the idea that if you have a certain, on social media, uh, if you have a certain uh, opinion, all you see is people who echo that opinion. Yep. Um, they showed this ad and then asked subjects to trade links to stories back and forth, uh, basically articles they thought the other one should read and talk about. And including this uh, ad uh, really helped the success rate of, again, As I said before, making people stop being such assholes to one another. Um, But more to your point, the ironic thing is that when this ad first came out, it was criticized by the LGBTQ activists at the time who thought it was crazy and dangerous to put a trans woman alone with what they described as an anti-trans bigot. Because fistfights would ensue. And yet, that was the part of the commercial that resonated for most people and actually myself included, because, spoiler alert again, it kind of sets us up, you know, it kind of sets us up, right? They build this bar, and these two are the last couple in the series, right? Uh, and they play his greed against trans people, and that is followed up immediately by, I'm a trans woman. Um, and then they ask if those two want to have a beer. The guy gets up, and you're like, shit, this is going to be really the only person that walks out of this whole thing. Except that he, like, rushes back with a laugh. He's like, oh, I'm just kidding. We can we can have a beer. Um, oh. <laughs> and no, it really is kind of like, oh, my God. He's going to be the asshole that walks away. But, no, he does. He comes back. And and it's it's actually kind of a touching moment. And it's worth... Yeah. But it's, it's worth noting, this is a fucking commercial. <laughs> there was, n- yes. it was... Even if there was a fist fight, they weren't going to show that shit. No. <laughs> also,
0: I... I saw a quote and I can't remember who said it, and it's like, everyone who gets so worked up about whatever the other side's doing politically needs to stop, turn off the TV, walk outside, and talk to your next door neighbor because you have more in common with them than with the politicians telling you the other side's ruining this country.
1: (laughs) See? There you go. Um, uh, Except I I I, I don't think me and my neighbor speak the same language. So yeah, for the well, longest time he thought I spoke German. It's true because I was built because because uh, 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 I was building a uh, a, a, a the, the garden spot in the in my back the, like when he around the time he moved in and I was blasting this new band I found called Fier They are a Celtic uh, Celtic uh, uh, a fantasy metal German band. That I quite love. I highly recommend them, but they do sing in German. (laughs) No, fair enough. (laughs) And they're a Celtic band. (laughs) Celtic fantasy metal. But anyway, that's either here or there. Um, Anyway, my point was, is that this was never going to end badly. I don't know if this experiment has actually been run in any real scientific way. Um, I'd love to see the results. But I'm pretty sure that, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, it is somewhere in this massive 200-page report that that Stanford put out. But a commercial basically portrays an ideal version of what we want to aspire to so that, you know, we buy their shit to, to live that life. Usually it's, you know, bigger boobs are fucking, right? Yep. But as far as ideals go, uh, a kinder, more understanding place is not a bad ideal to aspire to. So, uh, Here's to Heineken. I uh... <laughs> Nice job, Heineken. <laughs> Tyler, what do you got for us? Well, we're going to dive
0: into the World Beer Mile Championships. I didn't even know this was a fucking thing. I and discovered it's streamed.
1: It this- I di- Whoa, it's streamed? Yes, they stream it every year. Oh my God, um, how are we not the commentators on this shit, man? Right? So, for those of you going, what the fuck
0: are you talking about? Well,
1: first of all, this I'll is not be- the first time that you've said those words listening to that this podcast. Let's be honest. Yeah. About half the time, you're like, you're, you're probably about half the time. You're about an hour into this goddamn thing. You're like, I actually have no idea what these two are blathering about. Yep. But Tyler's words are comforting to me. His, yeah. Like, uh, his, his high-pitched, like, screeching, soothing soo- voice. <laughs> Sues me. sues me and gets. Uh, lets me start my day.
0: <laughs> so, give you a little backstory if you're not sure. A beer mile is pretty simple. Uh, a runner chugs a 12-ounce beer, runs one lap around a track. 400 and meters. Then re-
1: I, am I correct? 400 <laughs> meters. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, uh, runs a quarter mile for freedom units. Uh, <laughs> and then rinse and repeat. So you drink four beers in one mile uh, and you have to drink them and run that lap as fast as you can without puking, which is, (laughs) which is politely referred to as a reversal of fortune.
1: (laughs) I mean, I, all right, I have drunkenly played, I've not drunken, I have not run a drunken race. And somehow I feel like I kind of want to now run a, a beer mile, um, just to. I yeah. will comment why you run a beer mile. <laughs> I'll sit there with two beers, going, "Look at him! Look at that fat motherfucker!" <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I've but I've played, I played I, do- I, I played football once while while chugging beer, and I can say physical activity, ex- intense physical activity, and beer. Leaves le- does make you chunder on the field, especially after like getting a like a hit right in the stomach from somebody.
0: <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. I used to play intramurals all the time, drunk. I had shotgun in between drives. This wasn't uh,
1: really like a a, a, a a organized thing. This was literally me and a bunch of friends at midnight, already in the bag. Like, let's go mm-hmm. play football and bring the beer. Yep. So.
0: The clock stops after the runner completes the fourth lap, unless they puke. Then they have to run an additional lap, um,
1: and then that's when the clock stopped. Um, so, so if you puke, you're the race is over for you. You're not winning. Yep. Uh, so
0: in Munich. Uh, <laughs> Or, sorry, Belgium is where they hold the world championships this year. Uh, this
1: year, it's held in different places every year.
0: Oh, okay. That's so. W- one rule is you have to make sure to f- that the beer in each can is fully finished. Uh, the beer has to be completed within the nine-meter chug zone. Correct. Um, they were all the runners are drinking the same beer. Um, uh, this year the beer was.
1: Where the fuck did that go? Please wait while Tyler finds uh, uh, the, the website. Uh,
0: Juleper Beer, a pale Belgian lager with 5.2% ABV, the Belgium's best-selling beer. Okay. Um, But uh, the American women actually showed up and did pretty well. Uh, Americans, uh, Elizabeth Laster and Canadian Corey Belmont put on quite a show according to the article from outside magazine, um, which had the rules that we just ran through. Uh, Laster is a competitive runner who ran at John Hopkins. Uh, so she's smarter than all of us combined, um,
1: you and that's not a high bar Tyler let's be honest (laughs) not a high bar it's you and me all right we have the combined IQ of a barely functional human
0: yep uh Laster would have finished better but actually uh was flagged for appearing to step outside the chug zone before she finished drinking one of the beers at the start of her fourth lap um otherwise it would have negated what would have been a world record 6 6 minute 15 second my, beer mile and a 25 second victory um, but like I said they do live feed this uh, there's a link in the article to the live feed um, but this is how her performance broke down Uh, She chugged, had about 25 to 30 seconds of chugging while running about a five-minute, 45-second mile.
1: Excellent. Which,
0: four beers in 25 to 30 seconds?
1: Well, also, um, um, I discovered that not only was the first place, uh, uh, what would have been the first place runner was disqualified due to stepping outside said chug zone. But the second Mm -hmm. place... Finisher was also disqualified for leaving for leaving more than four ounces of beer or fo- foam in the four beers. Yes. And so that meant
0: third place finisher at six minutes, 41 seconds, who was also an American. Melanie Posdol, was
1: declared the winner for the women's race. But you're I think you're I, I think you're skipping over the most crucial detail in this race what is it jeremy it is that this is a, yet another entry into the great which is better bottles or cans because this was the first of the 8 of these races where they had to chug from cans yes um uh uh the uh uh and that actually apparently created a, a uh, created quite a lot of uh, 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 problems as one of the runners, the the current holder of the uh, world record, who actually finished fifth this year, um, but and would and would no longer be the world record holder if it wasn't for the chug zone. Am I right? Um, yep. Uh, uh, Ali Grace Morgan was quoted in uh, uh, quoted in uh, actually in outside saying, "I've never chugged from cans. I couldn't get it right." Uh, I still finished as well as I could. It's one of those challenging races that can go on go so many ways. I was outside my comfort zone from the start and behind significantly due to chugging poorly. And I just love the sentence. I was out of my comfort zone and started from behind due to chugging poorly, <laughs> because that well, is my life. That is my life right there. <laughs> well, the first place,
0: technically the third place finisher, but the first place finisher after this disqualifications said cans are different than bottles for sure. But I practice with LaCroix, which is more difficult to chug than beer. It's way too much carbonation. So it helped me when I actually only had to drink a beer.
1: <laughs> That's a, I, I, I saw that quote as well. I'm like, that just sounds awful. But I mean, I like people that I like that. The fact that there's people, there are people trained from all sorts of shit. And I like yeah. the idea that, uh, there are people that train for that. Um, uh, I would like the idea. I, I like the idea that I could probably do that, except for, I took one look at the, uh, uh, men's world record that was uh, set this year at four yep. minutes and 50 seconds. That's with stopping to chug a beer every 400 meters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, so, uh,
0: July 1st, if you're going to be in Chicago, you can uh, see the 2023 Beer Mile Classic, uh, and runners will be allowed to use bottles in that one. Correct. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you want to know what stopped me is uh, the reversal of fortune picture.
1: I was like, oh, been there. Um and and no doubt, no doubt. That uh, needs to be our
0: cover photo for
1: this podcast episode. <laughs> um I'm sure uh, in July we uh, you and I will be invited to Chicago when they find out about this podcast and say, "Oh, those have got to be the uh, the, the the voice of the uh, of the beer mile."
0: <laughs> we should send them a link to the podcast and try be like, "We will put ourselves up in Chicago." <laughs> Uh literally just let us be the like play by play and color commentators for your event. Listen, uh, like, you don't have
1: to do anything, you don't have to pay for a hotel. We'll we'll motel six it in
0: <laughs> In Chicago, I ain't motel six in that motherfucker.
1: <laughs> in Gary, uh, uh Indiana, which is <laughs> and that's it's it's fine. It's fine, Tyler. Don't don't worry about it. Uh <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come down and, uh, and we can be the, uh, uh, the, the voice of just like, let's Tyler, give, just give them a sample. Oh, look, there's a reversal of fortune. And
0: we got, uh, Thompson coming around the backstretch and, oh now had a reversal of fortune.
1: That's a tough
0: break. He was making a real good play at winning it all, but that extra lap's really going to hurt him.
1: See beer mile. That can be that that can be your voice, and that's at least as good as anything I've heard on ESPN and uh, in, in, ever, really. Uh, Tyler, do you or mean...
0: just or just take the Chris Berman
1: <laughs> when they throw up, and and me, I'll just be sitting there, and, and here he comes, and boom goes the dynamite <laughs> dagger. Uh. <laughs> Every race,
0: we'll try to drink
1: four beers so we keep up with the competitors, you know? (laughs) I mean, how are we... No, we got to go faster than... Look, if they can stop running long enough to chug a beer, we ought to at least be, like, having two beers for every lap they run. So I feel like we got to commit to eight beers... In the four minutes, and I'm already regretting this coming out of my face. (laughs) In the four to six minutes that...
0: (laughs) Tell you what, Jeremy, you can drink eight beers. I'll drink four because I'm the one having to do the talking. The problem
1: problem is is I could not do this race purely for the reason. Purely for the reason that I cannot chug a beer. That's the only reason that I could not be a contender in this race.
0: So you're saying you could run a four-minute mile?
1: as long as there's no uh, as long as there's no further questions yes yes i can
0: cuz the winner of the mens without having to drink a beer can run a 3 minute 57 second mile so i want <laughs> to test this out i will drink if you can run a 4 minute mile i will drink 10 beers in
1: 4 minutes jesus christ that means uh, that uh uh that uh he can that he chugged four beers in less than a minute. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so that's not the only reason I can't do this. All right. Are you happy? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> that that dude is uh, that that all right? That dude is better at everything than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Even beer drinking, which is sort of sad because I think if, uh, for most athletes I go, yeah, well, I can drink beer better than you, and this guy's like, nope, can do that better too. <laughs> And I'm in better shape. (laughs) I mean, again, low bar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else for us today?
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to take a quick peek. Uh, This is an article from the Racket, Minnesota, uh, where they actually took a look inside Marigold. Uh, It's Minnesota's first non-alcoholic bottle shop. And I went, what the fuck? How are you opening a non-alcoholic bottle shop?
1: I mean, I've got a, I've um, got like a non-alcoholic shelf and even that yep. seems excessive. I mean, well, it, it makes sense given the rise of, uh, of non-alcoholic <laughs> beers, uh, and, they, and they do pretty well, but it's like, we have a shelf of non-alcoholic beer, but, uh, a whole shop that's, uh, that's impressive.
0: So there's also one in New York city, uh, called spirited away, uh, one in Ohio called Ghostlight Coffee and Bottle Shop, to Sipple in uh, Houston, which is so. Those are kind of the main non-alcoholic bottle shops uh, that they bring up in this article, uh, as well as Marigold.
1: Many, I can't believe there's that many places carrying non-alcoholic beer. The coffee shop shop sort of kind of makes sense. There's a yep, yeah, like, seems like a lower bar. There's there's another revenue stream. I'm assuming the other shops that you're talking about literally sell only non-alcoholic beer?
0: Uh, they don't really elaborate. They just go, here's some like notable ones kind of in the article. Okay. Uh, but a little backstory. So Aaron Flavin uh, owns the Honeycomb Salon in Minnesota and always loved natural wines, um, w- would enjoy drinking them, 2020 rolls around pandemic happens. It got harder and harder to manage the salon and, you know, be there for her clients and hairdressers during the middle of the pandemic. And she noticed she was drinking a lot more and that when she'd start drinking, she didn't have an off button. Uh, and noticed she was starting to get drunk all the time. Uh,
1: just felt like her life was crumbling. And, I remember that feeling um, and around that time, I started working at a, uh, a, a homebrew store and bottle shop and that kind of worked out for me. So, uh,
0: at that point, she decided to stop drinking. So, later this month, uh, she's going to celebrate her two-year alcohol-free anniversary. Uh, and soon after that, she'll celebrate the grand open of Marigold, a non-alcoholic bottle shop that's up and running in the space next to her salon. Um, she's had some people laugh and being like, why are
1: you opening this? Uh, and like, like yeah, it's, it's, it, it, well, I mean, I think people understand it more back in the day. Uh, yeah. When early in craft beer, the idea of, wait, I think you're missing the, 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 the point of beer. Um, which I don't think is the attitude as much anymore. No. And I mean, with more
0: and more um non alcoholic options really popping up, uh it became way easier. Uh there's leisure sodas sodas, de alcoholized wines, sparkling teas, I have popping have... refresher from
1: yeah. Lagunitas. I, I have yet to have a, I've, I've seen the dealcoholized wine. I've never had one of you.
0: I have not, but this was the first time i had really ever heard of it. And then she has like hop teas from like hop lark and that. Um, and she talks about how sobriety in 2022 is vastly different than a couple decades ago. You know, abstaining from alcohol doesn't mean you have to go to AA meetings. Some still need to, uh, or even requires, it doesn't require an avoidance of mind altering substance. Um, she has some
1: THC and CBD beverages <laughs> uh, in there with her and NA options. there's the income stream. I'm going, how the hell, I mean, I understand that the the, the rise of non-alcoholic is, is is growing, but I'm like, can you run a business based on that? And then you go, there we are, there's the income stream. <laughs> Yeah, Um, but
0: she did say, you know, it's a way for people who maybe don't want to drink, but want to, after they go to the salon with their friend, go have a drink and socialize. It is a perfect option for them to walk over there, and if they have something they have to do later that day, don't have to actually get drunk, they can go over there, have a dealcoholized wine, or a hoppy refresher, or something along that line. Socialize, have a good time, and then continue on their day.
1: I, 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 I see the value in that, and of course, you more than even I do see the value in that as someone who's like, basically your job is to go from bar to bar like a drunken little bee, and... <laughs> and then get home at the end of the day, and have a drink here, have a drink there, have a drink there, selling them beer everywhere you go. But you kind of have this, like you you kind of uh, uh, have a have a little drink uh, uh, everywhere you go. So like that little pause, we go, Oh, I'll have a non alcoholic. I can see the value there.
0: <laughs> yes, hundred percent. I I'm curious, and she even said, you know, this is kind of a social experiment. Is is this going to work? Uh, but she was able to get the space next door to her salon, pretty at a pretty reasonable price uh, because the landlord uh, was in a pinch due to COVID, and so this sparked that idea. She was able to get a pretty good lease on it. So she's curious to see how Minnesota's idea for that market's going to be.
1: Minnesota's uh, uh, that area of the country. That's I feel like uh, I. I I feel like uh, sobriety is a hard sell there, or maybe, maybe I've completely misjudged it. That I mean, those people, those people like a beer. Those people will have a beer, and maybe they'll have a beer regardless. Yeah, you know, or
0: I, they'll be like, "I've already had too many beers today. You know what? I will take the non-alcoholic beer." Or
1: just the idea of like, "Oh, beer sounds really good. Oh, I shouldn't have one this early. Oh, wait, it's non-alcoholic. Five of those, please." Um, <laughs> I mean, as this I, is great <laughs> as I get as I get older, I underst- I, I start to like, OK, that some, some there are days where the alcohol is a is a hindrance rather than a enhancement. Yep. <laughs> um, and actually, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I switched to the uh, Elysian, the Great Pumpkin uh, Barley Wine. Uh, uh, at some time during this podcast, it's one of my favorite uh, seasonal beers, and it it hits you. It's one, this one, this one. You could all probably already hear me uh, uh, getting a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit more easy with my vowels.
0: Yep, I figured you when you said Elysian, I was like, oh, he's going to say Night Owl, but I'm glad it wasn't the Night Owl.
1: No, it's a great pumpkin. It's a imperial pumpkin ale. Go big or go home. Someone taught me that one time. One time. <laughs> all right. Anything else for us today? That's it for me. Well, this has been It's All Beer. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, we're on Twitter where we post all of our stories. Uh, uh, it's all beer one. Uh, uh, what I can remember, because I had pictures to actually put up uh, uh, after the last episode, I fucking forgot, because I still haven't put up that how to drink, uh, that picture of uh, drinking a, a, a can of beer in the ass. It's not what you think it is. Go listen to the last episode if you're confused. But maybe I'll put a picture of it. Uh, have you also had a spaghetti yet? No, I'm busy. Maybe I'll I, maybe I'll have one when I go to uh, uh, the Midwest this week. And, and and also on on a side note, uh, we're gonna be off next week because I'm gonna be uh, dragging a toddler a half uh, uh, halfway across this country. So. Um,
0: Godspeed, my friend. Godspeed.
1: Uh, if you are a, 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 a an actual Orthodox uh, Christian monk or any kind of monk, really, pray for me, <laughs>
0: Reverend um, Father.
1: Pray for Jeremy. <laughs> you, well, I mean, pray for yourself, because Reverend Father, you're in prison <laughs> <laughs> or on bail. Or something. I don't know what your current status is, but if you can find it, sure, pray. I'll take. I'll even take the prayers for a for for a fake Orthodox monk with a forty thousand wristwatch. I'll take all the help I can get. Um. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's all beer at gmail.com If you want to send those prayers via email And of course on Facebook On Instagram uh, It's all allbeer um, And you can leave us a rating on Facebook Or on uh, iTunes or Stitcher Or wherever you get this podcast uh, Let us know if you're enjoying the show or not um, I, I sometimes check there's some, there's some good stuff on there um, But I haven't for a while So i have to do that uh, soon But anyway, uh, that'll be quite enough for us I'm Jeremy Jones I'm Tyler Zimmerman I'm going to drive a toddler halfway across the country. Have fun. How fun. How how drunk are you and how drunk am I? I'm sober. <laughs> I think I found the problem. You said you had, like, something about uh, 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 the... the... No, I said I had the Oktoberfest
0: statistics of this year, the beer mile, and that, and then, so when you were like, oh, well, we can do this, and then we'll go ancient drinking trends. I don't think we headlined
1: it. We did. Okay, now we can do this story. (laughs) Okay, ready? (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) so where in the hell did it come i think i misheard when i was i was quickly typing something else i misheard you talk about statistics and i filled in words myself somehow <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this has been a One, song year. i fucking <laughs>